Welcome, everybody, to the Assuminati podcast, the podcast that explores everyday topics with the assumption that a conspiracy may be at hand. I'm Brandon. I'm Bobby. I'm Matt. Let's do this. Gentlemen, welcome. Happy New Year. <laughs> Where have you been? What's going on? Welcome back to the Illuminati podcast. All right. I think there might have been a couple holidays that happened since. Uh, life? Did life hit? <laughs> well, last time we face. met, we were coming back from Matt surviving COVID. That's right. True. And we like apologized for not getting together, used a bunch of excuses. Oh, committed to be better yeah and i don't know what happened like we blinked <laughs> life happened and man here we are mid-january by the time this rolls out it'll be towards the end of the new year but it's still january 2024 we still got it gentlemen i think we can we can still keep this thing rolling yeah, yeah. so well, we should resolve resolution. to do that we should resolve set a resolution which will come into play for today's episode, of course. So, uh, some things to look forward in the weeks to come. We've got a little, a little game called the Big Game in some people's households. Uh, the Bowl of the Super in the the National Football League crowns their champion. We want to do another episode like we did last year. Maybe even hold a competition. So, so pay attention. Look out for the details. We look forward to interacting with you for that, that, that upcoming episode for the second week in February. That'll be fun. Usher's the halftime show, guys. You looking forward to that? Nope. Okay, Who's good. Who's even in the halftime <laughs> show this time? It's Usher. <laughs> oh, look at that. I totally just missed it. You make me yeah. want to. Come on. Hmm. Make him say yeah. yeah. I think he's probably, yeah. he's probably going to have a few friends, right? Um, I, yeah, I, I think I think he would. The man's well connected. He's discovered some gems such as Justin Bieber. I mean, you, you got to thank him for that at least. Uh, maybe the Beebs shows up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, send him back to Canada. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of good musicians that came out of Canada. He's just not one of them. <laughs> he's just one that we'd like to give back. Can we do an exchange? I ain't a believer. No, uh, I know Bobby is, but we'll we'll keep going here. Not so, twenty twenty four, gentlemen, new year, new me, right? New new resolutions. That's right. Let's start. Let's start things off with something that happened a few weeks ago, at the beginning of this year. I want to read you a headline and get your reaction to this. <laughs> so, the, the 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 article begins: an Alabama man. Can you see? Okay, let me just pause there. <laughs> so we got an Alabama, an Alabama man crashes his car outside of this certain place. The Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> so think about all the all the the wonderful Alabama versions. Yeah, I like the Piggly Wiggly. So he crashes his car outside of this place of business. He is then nabbed by police after doing this within that business. So what are your guesses? What what was he doing? What was the place of business? What got him in trouble with the police down there in the Bama? There's oh so many gosh. things that could have happened. Any guesses? So an Alabama man crashes his car outside of this place of business, then decides to take his business inside. 
He probably stripped off all of his clothes or something. Okay. All right. Well, likely he wasn't wearing a shirt to start with, Matt. That's true. Four shoes. That's that's why you're important, Bob. You got to give us that southern perspective here. He didn't have a shirt to begin with. Okay, keep going. Yeah, um, I've seen things since I've been in the <laughs> south. I've you've learned. seen and smelled some things, sir. You, you've you've lived a few lifetimes already. I don't know. I think he was um, he crashed into some sort of store and was trying to put on a disguise so that the cops didn't know it was him that wrecked that car. Wow. I'm going to give you a clue here. Matt is absolutely 100% right so far. What? So this man, this man stripped down to his birthday suit, so to speak, and decided to grace this place of business after crashing his car with a little act that, uh, that got him in trouble with the police. And he did not stop when the police entered the building. He actually doubled down and kept going. He was dancing. He was doing that. Okay. That's a good guess. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to think what he Matt, you, you, you were so good. I'm going to give it to you, man. I think you okay. win this round. So here's the headline. Alabama man nabbed by police after a nude cannonball plunge into a giant <laughs> aquarium <laughs> at awesome. the Bass Pro Shop. Beautiful. Well, is so there if any anybody's bonnet in that aquarium? <laughs> Big fish, man. If anybody's been to a Cabela's, a Bass Pro Shop, they take these large aquariums very seriously. All sorts of fish, all sorts of wildlife. These things are huge. So he decided after crashing his car, he'd take off the rest of his clothes and do a cannonball several times in front of the police. He eventually fell out of the aquarium. You've got to look this up, people. Uh, Most of these news stations blur out footage of this right there's plenty of it you can google it now and luckily they they do blur out uh the the lower half of his body but but he basically flops out of this huge aquarium hits the ground very hard cops get him he didn't give up though he was flopping around like a fish all right hold up a second (laughs) you said he cannonballed multiple times multiple times he was having a blast in and out of this aquarium with such ease and grace that you can do multiple cannonballs and nobody can catch you. The man was a swimmer, and the employees, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news, when employees intervene, they usually get fired. So these, you could tell these Bass Pro Shop employees wanted nothing to do with them. They weren't going to touch them. So he was having a good old time at his new (laughs) swimming hole here in the Bass Pro Shop. I'm watching it now. The police show up. Yeah, add any details you want. Matt that are family friendly and he you know, the police come oh. in and he looks him dead in the eye he yells at him and he does another cannonball did and you he, see the part where he falls out of the tank onto the floor that is that is Ouch. shocking it is shocking how he survived that I don't know and he kept his resistance at that point again the, these cops pinned him down he started flopping around and resisting it's quite the video highly recommended what a great way to start 2024 yeah how would you like to be that officer that had to kind of wrestle that guy? Yeah, you'd no, have some you. stories to tell. Um, I wouldn't have done it. I would have just tased him flat out. Like I'm not touching footage. him. He's too slippery. Oh, what a what a gem of a gem of a story. Thought you guys might like that, Matt. You nailed it, it's Bobby. Thanks for the southern angle on that. Yeah, of course, he already had his shirt off um, <laughs> and shoes, well, probably. obviously. 
Yeah, yeah, he, he was probably already halfway there, crashes his car outside the Bass Pro, and then takes his protest on in. Cannonball, cannonball, cannonball. So His name was probably Jimbo, too. Had to have been. Just say, yeah. Jimbo Dane. <laughs> yeah, he, he took it to the people. Yeah, he eventually oh climbed over the side, and bam, hits that ground. It had to have been a good 10 Oh, yeah, it's a pretty drop. far distance. I mean, people At can least. Google that and watch it, but it's craziness. Whew. Yeah, you fell to that concrete floor, and they were able to, to eventually get him. So hmm. call what him a great. hero, call him a villain, uh, call him a good start to a 2024 Suminati podcast episode. And that story has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> True. So, although he may have been under the influence of some of the things we'll talk about. So, so maybe, maybe we'll, we'll find a way to tie it in here. So what we want to do, we would like to thank you once again for rejoining us. We're, we promise to be more consistent. Pinky promise. Do you guys pinky promise? Oh, yeah. All the yeah. time. Okay. With my All right, we're going to start rattling some of these things off. In this next series, before the, the, the NFL championship episode that we'll do in February, we wanted to rattle off a few episodes that, that have a lot to do with the resolutions maybe you and I have made this year. So what's the most popular New Year's resolution, gentlemen? Uh, People you can probably... love to talk about losing weight. Ah, that's a, that's at the top of the list. So yeah, we're staying in shape for those of staying you who in are, shape. already are. Top three. You know, I made a resolution this year to stay just the way I am because round <laughs> is a shape. To accept Bobby the way he is. And gosh darn it, you. people like you. I accept you too. Thank you. But you're right, gentlemen. That's at the top of every list every year. I'd like to lose weight. I'd like to, to get healthy. I'd like to, anyway, it usually has something to do with that. And so what we'd like to do is tackle that resolution full on and give you some of the nitty gritty that might be happening behind the scenes when it comes to the diet and health industry. So we, we want to dive into a few of these things. We know we can't cover everything in one episode. So let's first start with the American specifically the American food system. We know we have some international listeners and, and maybe you'll find some, some similarities here to, to where you are. But in the American food system, it is heavily, and that's an understatement here, but it's heavily influenced by corporate interests. We've talked about lobbying. We've talked about subsidies. There is no doubt that our food system is heavily influenced by these powerful companies that seem to own every company out there. There's like three or four huge companies that own dozens and dozens of smaller companies and may, and they have their influence. We can see it on TV. We can see it at the grocery store. And so we want to talk about some of the hidden truths and, and even some of the myths about the diet and health industry that may surprise you. And so uh, that'll be kind of the focus of this week's episode. So when it comes to this, let's first start with Something that everybody saw when they were growing up, it seems, uh, the food pyramid. What do you guys remember about the food pyramid? I totally remember that in elementary yeah. school, being shown the pyramid, get so much, you know, milk, grains, what, all that stuff. What was at the bottom of the food pyramid? Do you guys remember that big, the big chunk? Was it all the tasty stuff? <laughs> 
Well, okay. I guess some of this is subjective, but uh, uh Yeah, this nineteen ninety one shows like most of your intake should be bread, cereal, yeah. pasta, um, rice, and then the next level up would be vegetables and fruit. The next level up is milk, yogurt, and cheese, meat, poultry, fish, beans, eggs, and nuts. And then using sparingly at the very top is fats, oils, and sweets. All right. And I'm showing that as the uh, the original food pyramid. But it looks very similar to the one from 1990, so it didn't change much. But yeah, you've got all those tasty breads and carbs down there at the bottom. Yeah, all the good <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And then, yeah, you're right. The, the fruits and veggies and the meats and the dairy as you go towards the top. And uh, all of those fats, which is know. really interesting, I think right? The majority of my diet might be made up of some of those ones at the top. So the ones at the top, we've got the the uh, the fats and the meats that were Amen. absolutely absolutely demonized. I mean, you guys, uh, for those of you who are older than than twenty years old. Um, you know the movement that we went through in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, where they demonized fat. It was all about fat-free. So why? Why is that? And why did it change? Why all of a sudden are we not seeing such a... But, but it still exists, guys. As you walk down the aisle at a, at a grocery store, fat-free is still a, a badge of honor for some of these items that you see. Not as much so as it used to be. So what happened? How did we get that food pyramid? And why did we follow it for so long? All the way through, it seems, 2010, 2011, when MyPlate took over. You guys remember MyPlate? I mean, that was a that was a popular campaign, right? I'm, I might have ignored MyPlate other than the one that was on my table. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you about MyPlate. Yeah, so it was a new program introduced during the Michelle Obama movement. For those of you who remember her her movement to, to make America fit. Uh, so they, they retired the food pyramid and, and tried a new thing where it was a, a picture of a plate. And it showed you how much of each item you should have on that plate. And so it was just a different, kind of a different take on the food pyramid. And it was a little bit different. It, fats weren't as demonized in the My Plate movement. But, but still, who demonized, who made fat? out to be the devil i don't know i've been fat shamed for many years and (laughs) but now we know a little bit more bobby we know that healthy fats are super important i'm healthy 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 if you if you you gotta have you know you have to follow the money trail i think on these things Mm. back in those days there started to be a big boom right of exercise um, you know, the exercise boom and the fitness, uh, groups and all of that. So it started to be a big business. And I think corporations, uh, large corporations, in fact, that have all of that control wanted to use that to their advantage. So what do they do? Make things fat free, label them fat free. You know, even if they're still terrible for you, if they're processed foods and all of that, they don't care. As long as it says fat free, people are going to buy it. But the thing is, they replace the fat with sugar, so it tastes good. And 
essentially make it worse for you than the full fat version. Exactly. So what happened, kind of like what you were mentioning, though, back in the 50s and 60s, the sugar industry. So there's the the name right there who who kind of helped at least the American food industry demonize fat, even meat. It went as far as dairy and meat on this as well. And so back in the 50s and 60s, the sugar industry did tilt science. And you can look this up. There's, there's been a lot of articles and documentaries made on this subject where the, basically the sugar industry paid off at a very low rate, a shockingly low rate, paid off a group of scientists to demonize fat, specifically fat, and to downplay or de-emphasize the effects of sugar. So here we have a lobbying effect, basically, gentlemen, uh, where, where they're putting their money <laughs> into their industry or to protect their industry. So the smoking gum evidence that the sugar industry successfully meddled with science and derailed the course of dietary policy, with at least within the United States, with that ever-popular food pyramid, and it's, it's evident. What did that do to us? We, we really don't know. Again, there's documentaries, there's articles, there's scientists who are, are looking at the effects of a low-fat, a less demonized sugar industry. Now, let's talk about uh, some of the resolutions that one might make for a new year. So if one wanted to lose weight, how do you do it? Have you guys ever <laughs> made that resolution? How, how did you go about it? You know, in years how- past, I made that resolution a few times. You know, back when I thought people wouldn't love me if I was fat. And, you know, I go to the gym, work out, stop eating things I enjoy. Yeah, so I've done that before. And did it work? No. (laughs) I've seen some success from time to time, but never lasting. Because we've done some exercise, some group exercises together, gentlemen. We used to work out early in the morning together. It mm-hmm. makes you feel good, um, but it's tough. There, there's a saying, you can't outrun a bad diet. Have you guys For heard sure. that before? That's, a, that's, that. a, that's a true statement that I've found in my life. No matter how much you exercise, if you eat terribly, it, <laughs> it's almost impossible to overcome. And so that, that's what this sugar lobby effect had on the American diet. All of a sudden you demonize fat, which means you lose flavor in a lot of the products that you make. And these high sugar products inserted themselves into our daily diet. So if you're trying to avoid sugar, have any of you tried that before? Uh, what success rate have you seen? What, what downfalls or pitfalls have you seen with, with trying to avoid a, a, a simple single ingredient like sugar? The problem is, is it's not all that simple because sugar now is in everything. Refined sugar is in everything. If you, you know, you think you're safe, maybe uh, pouring some ketchup on your plate. Well, guess what? You're not. That's full of sugar. You know, any, anything you eat, there's breads that are full of sugar. Everything has sugar. So you have to really be careful because sugar can be labeled different things too. It doesn't have to just say sugar. It can be high fructose corn syrup or anything that's 
with the with the lose on it, you know, sucralose or whatever. It's it, those are sugars. So they're everywhere and in everything. So it's really difficult to avoid it. It's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. If you buy any, if you buy anything packaged, at least, man, I it, it's almost a game you can play when you go into your your local supermarket. Can you find something that does not have sugar in it, other other than fresh produce? Or I mean, even then, you, you're, you're dealing with chemicals. So it's what's a person to do here? We've allowed the sugar industry to truly take over well, the American them, food system. Oh, okay. There we go, Bobby. <laughs> There's the Bobby I know. That's right. <laughs> Why fight it, right? Just if roll with it. Because pretty soon you'll just be rolling. <laughs> rolling, <I> just, <laughs> rolling, rolling. I just found that interesting. I, I think people are on to them. Like, uh, again, with some of these documentaries and, and recent findings by scientists especially as they study the obesity and diabetes epidemic that we have in this country, a lot of it links and, and can be traced to the sugar industry's influence over our diet that started way back in the fifties and sixties as, as packaged foods became more and more popular. And now it's just a part of our diet. It's a part of what we see on a daily basis and it, it's tough to get away from a serious effort is needed to, to, to try something else. Now, I myself, let's just talk about uh, quickly what we've tried in our own lives. I, I didn't intend this to be a New Year's rev- resolution. I just had a terrible dietary week. It was in between Christmas and New Year's this year. And by the end of that week, I felt terrible. I ate anything and everything. And so starting that Monday, which was New Year's Eve, I just stopped eating sugar. I just, I I had had it. I wanted my body to recover. I went through withdrawals. I had headaches. Have you guys ever tried giving up sugar? Yeah. Not entirely. Okay. But. It's tough. I mean, I try not to get into like any of the fads or stuff, but I hear you. Sometimes you just don't want sweets. So rather than just like cut out straight sugar, like I've been like, you know, a, I'm just kind of over candy and oh, there you go. whatever. So like I've gone through those phases and I don't actually like, I don't eat like a significant amount of candy, but there's no way in my opinion to like fully cut out sugar, but Man, it's tough. Like I prefer like fruits and stuff. So like I start my morning off with a nice smoothie, you know, and that's got All fruit right. in it. But one of the things I do different than like my wife is, if she makes a smoothie, she adds sugar or honey to it. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't. Um, I don't need it. But, yeah. So I hear you. I think it's important, too, to consider that it's really refined sugar that's the problem. It's not right, necessarily right. sugar that's found in fruit um, or, you know, naturally occurring sugars. I think the the problem is where you get into that refined sugar and the oils and, and all of that stuff. You know, absolutely. Which again is, is some of the toughest sugars to avoid because they've put them in everything, everything yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, your all of your condiments are are full of nothing but chemicals and sugar. And <laughs> oh man, all these refined seed oils and soy oils and uh, the things that that it, uh, we may find out ten, fifteen years later uh, what what that does to us. Now I've I've slowly introduced a little bit of sugar into my life. I mean. It, it, 
Matt, you, you witnessed me have a shake a couple weeks ago. Um, it did. Yeah. And that was the first major sugar I had, I had had this year was that shake. And then since then, I've been just limiting, just being mindful, kind of like Robert or Bobby, when you mentioned that you're, you're, you're paying attention to your candy intake. I mean, that, I think that's a mindful lifestyle change that we can make to help cut out some of that. I think it's a good example. So I try to make it count when I do have sugar. I want to be very mindful. Now with fruit, you're getting some fiber. You're getting things that kind of counteract some of that sugar. So that's something to uh, kind of like what Matt said. When it's not straight refined sugar, typically there's something that goes with that, like a nice apple. You're, you're getting some fibers and some some sustenance, some substance with that sugar. And it's a slower intake, which me- yeah. allows your organs to digest that stuff and, and do yeah, with absolutely. it what it's supposed to. The refined sugar, especially in drinks, you know, when, you, when you're drinking a soda yeah. or whatever, that goes straight to the wrong places. Oh, do they yeah. put a lot of sugar in your water, Lou? I don't drink it anymore, thanks oh, to you. Oh, he cut it. Okay. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Did we, did we shame you into that? Okay. <laughs> he shamed me out of it, yeah. Hey. So oh, Actually, I, it. I don't think they put sugar in that crap because it was just straight no, from the devil's bowels. Well. It's yeah, just it water. It's just any flavor. It's just water. That's it ain't it. just water. I've had water. That ain't it's just water. water with a little bit of flavor. That's all. No, I think there's a little more glue than there is water. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Maybe. <laughs> that's right. So I like some Pellegrino. No, that's okay. that's good stuff. Pellegrino. Yeah. You might as well move to to Europe with some of our other listeners. And yeah. they, they have their issues too there. I mean, it's, it's, inf- the, this problem has infiltrated basically the world's food supply. Um, I think it's just a little bit more severe here in the Americas. We'll talk about some of that a little bit later on what they allow here versus what they allow in other countries. But just be mindful, right? Uh, the lobbying is strong. And so, the, and it's not just the sugar industry. We've, we've chosen that one because of how much influence it had over the food pyramid. But even in the MyPlate movement, you saw evidence of the grain, meat, dairy industries, sugar, of course, uh, pushing their way in to the plate, so to speak, and, and trying to make room well, I know for their you product. Guys have, you probably remember back in the 90s, um, the milk mustache campaign and all oh, of that yeah. stuff. And then the what's, what's, for, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? You remember those yeah. commercials? Yeah. Beef. That's right. Oh, yeah. These All, these... all of that stuff. So, you know, this, there was a big push back then for all of that stuff. You know, how, talking some... about how milk is good for you and good for your calcium. It does the body good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're, they're clever with the campaigns. So, again, we're not nutritionists. We're not doctors. But it, it's, it's tough to, to ignore uh, the lobbying effect. And it's important to to pay attention to. Yes, the government has <laughs> put forth a food pyramid or a my plate recommendation. How did that come to be? Is what you need to ask yourself and the research that you should do. Now, all sort again. The, there's so much media, so many documentaries. Do you guys have any documentaries that stick out to you when it comes to food lobbying or or information about food? There's so many. Well, what was the one that you just mentioned? And then there's a, there's Food Inc. Uh, That's a big on Netflix one. Right now, uh, What That's the Hell? 
what the hell food inc super popular hundreds of millions of views on some of these documentaries the the most recent one is you are what you eat yeah that's right that's a good which i found to be super uh, uh, super intriguing concept where you set up identical twins with different diets and 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 study the effect of these different diets on identical twins i i thought that was a genius concept yeah well i might be a pulled pork sandwich then (laughs) what well if i am what i eat oh okay he's saying that's his twin well, Got there's it. this barbecue <laughs> restaurant out here, not to digress from all you healthy eaters that we're talking about, but they make the best pulled pork sandwich I have ever had in my life. It is so freaking good. Wow. In fact, that's where I'm going for lunch tomorrow. You've sold me. Just made, made a decision. <laughs> we I love it. We twisted your arm. All right. Well, in other news, let's talk about dieting. No, well, I think this this uh, this documentary that Brandon's mentioning, too, is like they... they uh, took these people, these twins, sets of twins over eight weeks and they gave, uh, one half, uh, they put them on a, on a whole foods plant-based diet. And then the other, uh, group, they let them be omnivores. I guess that's just, you can eat meat. Now you said eight weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. They took these grown sets of twins, grown twins, identical twins. Um, and they measured everything, you know, all the vitals before and after, you know they they measured their their pee and their poop and all that stuff and they they uh looked at all of their counts you know and everything blood pressure pulse oximeter all that stuff right um so they took those measurements before they did a body a full body scan um you know they scanned their visceral fat all that stuff and then after they gave them the results right so the two twins would come back in they'd remeasure everything and then and then tell them how much fat they lost, how much visceral fat they lost, how much muscle or uh, muscle mass they lost, if any, and all of those things, you know. So it was an interesting thing, I thought, and it cool challenges concept. you to think. Yeah, challenges super you to think, cool concept. Yeah, uh, to do, but both both diets I think were healthy, right, Brandon? I, I from my yeah, memory. they really wanted. Yeah, of course, the, the vegan diet, they provided the food for the first, first four weeks, so they controlled what they ate. Right. But that, that second diet was a, a true mixed diet, and yes, it, it was uh, intended to be a, health, a healthy diet. And then they, they were on their own for the last four weeks of the experiment, and uh, it seems like, again, the, this could have been edited or, or cut to look any way they wanted, but it, but it seems like most of them stuck to the diet they were assigned. They just now were in charge of buying their own food, that second half of the, the experiment. So right. again, uh, that to me, that, that was super intriguing going into it. It's a series, and I recommend people watch it. I'll just give that to you now. So did we I, get like the outcome or are you not going to give us a spoiler alert? I know, will maybe maybe just watch <clears throat> it and see what you think because there there were positive aspects and negative aspects on each diet. And so I, I think if you consider all of the outliers and the factors going in um it I don't know, you can kind of you could determine it's better to go one way or the other, you know, based on sure. what you need for yourself, I guess. 
Couldn't I just I cheat and do Ozempic and lose it all? There you go. The Ozempics. Gold medal in the Ozempics. They, yeah, uh, they have to deal with all the side effects. And that's oh, what boy. This, the, they do mention that. They know, do. That, that, they that do. There's all these people that that just kind of turn to the pharmaceutical industry um, to go for the miracle cure or whatever it is. But then you have all of these side effects that you have to deal with on any drug. You're... And- you're you know, going to have some side effects. Some of these side effects, they we're going to find out 10, 15 years from now what it really does to people. And I, I think true. that might be a little bit scary. Heavy lobbies. So speaking of lobbying, I think it is important, though. We don't want to spoil the documentaries themselves. I mean, again, you mentioned Food Inc. That's another huge one funded by some of the same people. This particular one, You Are What You Eat, was funded by the Voigt Foundation or the Voigt. Uh, V-O-G-T is their name. So these are billionaires that live in the San Francisco area that funded this documentary. They also fund the Oceanic Preservation Society, kind of an offshoot of PETA, but for the ocean. And it is the Stanford Bay Area, and most of the people performing and and organizing this (laughs) uh, documentary are of the vegan persuasion. So I I think that's worth knowing going into it. I, I think that's pretty fair to at least mention here but i I do recommend it i again i think it's a super intriguing experiment i hope they were truthful in some of the results that they gave but again there there could be some bias one way or another here i i think it's worth at least exploring and again like matt said everybody's different everybody needs to make personal decisions about what what is best for them and and what line what aligns with your even politics in some cases, but, but your own body and, uh, and, and your own lifestyle. I think that was a so, good point. <clears throat> here's something I've been hearing more and more. Tell me if you think this is just, you know, people's excuses or if there's some truth to it, but there's a lot of talk around people saying, you know, people are just predestined to be like certain sizes. Okay. Yeah. And so like, I've known some incredible people that eat incredibly healthy that are quite large. And I've known some really skinny people that eat the worst diet on earth. My wife to be included. She's very skinny <laughs> and I think she eats straight sugar most of the time. Yeah, man. So Genetic- what are your thoughts on that? Like there are some people just dispositioned to be large or yes. small. Yeah. Gosh. I think the genetics factors in for sure, because you, you know, you've got a genetic makeup that you can't do anything about, right? You're just going to be, you know, like bigger boned is what we called it when we were growing up. You know, there's, there are people that are just healthy. bigger boned, uh, you know, people that are super tall, people that are super short. Um, and you just, that's what I'm saying. You kind of have to tailor some of these things to your genetic makeup as well. You kind of have to understand what your body type is. Um, and then, but you know, I just think that there's never a bad time to eat healthier and make healthier choices. Yeah. I mean, even if you're small and you're eating a crappy diet filled with a bunch of sugar, who's to say that you're not going to be diabetic later because of it? Yeah, totally. There's small people that are diabetic later on in their life because they ate straight sugar you know, for, for years and years and years, or they lose their eyesight because of that or whatever the reason is, or they get cancers or whatever. Um, so those things I think eventually catch up with you. Um, if you're, if you're eating or drinking 
a lot of sugar or whatever, I think it's going to eventually catch up with you no matter what your genetic makeup is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, people big, small, whatever, I I think people kind of are what they are. And, uh, and that's where I've kind of transitioned over the years is I don't really care about how the size I am, whatever, but I've been trying to eat a little bit healthier because I tell you what, you, you know, the guy from Mike and Molly, yeah. 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 When he was bigger, he was such a lovable dude. Have you seen him now? Yeah, he's small. He's lost a lot of weight. It don't look right. Like <laughs> I don't care who you are. <clears throat> Kudos to him. He probably did Ozempic or meth, I don't know. But he just Ooh. don't look healthy. Very sad. And he was he had the gastric bypass. So I, I saw an interview with him and he kind of outlined he the He just whole don't thing. look good. Yeah. Like he needs to put some pounds back on because I, I can't watch a show with him in it because it's just like, oh, what happened to the other 90% of him? Um, so I don't know. I think people just need to love themselves for who they are and not be so focused on, you know, body size. Because at the end of the day, you know, be healthy, eat healthy, whatever. And if you got a little extra pounds, guess what? People that are bigger have better personalities than single or skinny people, <laughs> not single people. Not, not biased at all. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I just think it's it, it, the focus should always be more on how you feel <laughs> yeah, than, than what you're looking like on the outside. So if, you, if you're a bigger person and that's just kind of your genetic makeup and you're eating healthy and feeling good, more power to you. I just yeah, think absolutely. that's that's what the focus should always be on and not really what you're looking like. And the focus of the episode is, yeah, do what feels right, right? Do do what makes you feel good. It's more important to be healthy than to look healthy. But I think we need to be mindful of who may be influencing you to go one way or another. And I, I think I think that's what we've pointed out here is some of these documentaries are amazing. Who's paying for it? Where are they pointing you? Just do some research. I. I think you can go all the way back to supersize me. Do you remember that one? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Where he, he basically, yeah, he eats the McDonald's diet for a month. Uh, I love those types of documentaries. But again, you, you can research who funded it and, and what came from it and maybe where they were trying to lead you when it came to the, I mean, that was a pretty obvious one, right? I mean, it was a demonization. Take of it with a grain of salt. Was there it you go. more McDonald's? Was that the outcome of that one? Uh, fast food in general, I, I believe, was the, <laughs> just wanted to show America what we were doing to ourselves. Uh, yeah, I love it. We're in an age where, man, we have so much information at our fingertips. It's tough to sift through this information and truly understand people's intent and, and really follow the money, right? I think we've said that a million times on this show. Be careful because everybody's out to make that buck. Yeah. So you know, speaking of making... Weird, oh. weird diets out there too. And I don't know. I, I just don't get into the whole diet craze because... Food in America is just garbage anyway. There's so much yeah. crap put in it. And, and I, when I, you can't even understand what the ingredients are when you read it, that should be your first sign that that's a problem. Can't even pronounce what's in it. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, that lends itself well to another episode where we dive into the different diets that exist, the fads that occur on a year-in, year-out basis. That would be really interesting. And, and again, we'll follow the money and, and see if we can uncover some of the intents and some of the people behind some of these diets that we see. So speaking of following the money, there is one more thing we wanted to point out in this particular episode, because it is a new year. 
many people make that resolution to eat healthy. Many people make the resolution to pair that with working out. And so <laughs> what's another industry that booms in January and tends to fade? Oh, the March, gyms. April, May. Ooh, the it gym. is time to sign up for that membership. How many gym commercials have you seen over the last month? Oh, yeah. They're Quite everywhere. Get yourself down to the gymnasium. They are everywhere. And so we, we wanted to discuss, this was just something I, I myself worked I worked at, at in gym environments, supplement environments in the past. And I can tell you right now, I've witnessed what we're about to talk about as well. But gyms rely on the fact that most people who sign up for a membership will not use it regularly or not go at all. Then I'll tell you one thing. This gym that's right by my house must be failing that because every time <laughs> I drive by that place, even in the dead... Uh, of night and in the winter and and even before the new year's resolutions that that parking lot is just jam-packed some of these are what outrageous i am with so, you so somebody's messed up on that one because <laughs> everyone that signed up is going i guess so maybe you can mention the name of the gym you... it's yeah it's a vasa yeah a vasa so, fitness so Vasa, Vasa is a huge. They took over the Gold's Gym brand in many, much of the United States, uh, much especially the Western United States. But but you could be you could look at that as one of the same. Gold's Gym, Vasa, Vasa, Vasa. Maybe it's Vasa. I don't know. I don't I've know never either. been in there. So, but you're right. Every one of them is packed. Every one yeah. of those is packed. They've created a gym that's uh, people look forward to going to. So that isn't necessarily the gym, although they practice this as well, as hard as that may be to believe. They can't handle all of, if all of their membership showed up at the same time. And so they do rely on you taking some time off and eventually not going at all and not having the guts to cancel. So the one that really gets the headline here, uh, have you guys ever attended a Planet Fitness? Mm. Nope. Now they they've Talk been the ones the running guys. <laughs> they they run the most commercials out of any of the other. They gyms. do. I've seen so many of their commercials. And what's their deal? What what's the deal that you see over and over with Planet Fitness? Well, that's the judgment free zone. Judgment People free. People like me and you can go there. Lunk alert! They're going to kick anybody who's serious about working out gets kicked out. Apparently, I've never seen it, but I. I I belonged to Planet Fitness for a few years. It was a great place to go get go get a good sweat. Uh, the first Monday of every month, pizza party. Is that right? Bagel. How oh, did yeah. I not know they served pizza at Planet oh, Fitness? Yeah. And some of these if places Bobby go. Known that. Man, I would have joined that gym a long time ago. <laughs> they go further with it. You'll see Dang. donut Saturdays. You'll see pancake Kidney. Fridays at some of these places. So Planet Fitness, and, and there's a, a couple other gyms that are just like it, right? They want to get you with a zero down $10 a month membership. But they what they hope is that you sign up, you fall under their psychological tricks to make you feel good about signing up, but you don't actually show up. And you allow this measly little $10 membership to continue to charge on your card month after month. That's what they plan on. And that's what they've built their business around. Okay, well, so what about they the don't ones make that... It, I don't know about Planet Fitness, but gyms in general do not make it easy to cancel. They do not. Like they you, you got to call somebody, <laughs> you got to show up in person at some membership desk, 
and talk and to whoever. Yeah, it's you hard. Have, you've got to write a bill and submit it to Congress for a, a two thirds vote. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an act of Congress to to quit one of these gyms. And if you quit, there's often a, a cancellation charge large enough to maybe make you think about sticking around for an extra month or two. If if it's ten bucks a month, but to quit it's fifty, they might be able to convince you. Well, that's five more months of fitness you could be taking advantage of. Why don't you just keep the membership and <laughs> and maybe you'll you'll find inspiration to come back. And then you never do. You allow that ten dollar charge to happen. Free trials is another way they get you in there. Um, what about these gyms, though, Brandon? Like Orange Theory. Ah. Because they want you to go, right? They give you incentives to go all the time. They gamify, or uh, the gamification gym. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. that's a little different model. It really is. Now, they can, uh, a lot of these gyms, if they can get you hooked, they can make, uh, they can f- make you upgrade to get additional levels of mm-hmm. fitness classes. So VAS is that way. Planet Fitness is that way as well. They start you off with a $10 a month membership. If you go up to 20 or 25, you get childcare, you get tanning beds, massage tables, wow. sauna access, pool access. And so they, they get you in the door with the, with the cheap membership. Orange Theory is right there with them. And then boom, they, they've got you for a, a premium membership with access to additional perks and membership options. Yeah, that's that orange theory, man. That's that, that's a cardio machine right there. And they they brand themselves very well. They they give you all sorts of swag and bottles and so you can brag to your friends that you attend these super intense spin classes and and that you these boot camp type environments. It really is interesting and again, they although you may see the occasional packed gym, they want you to sign up and let that membership continue to charge and they hope that you don't show up <laughs> so that they're trying again with psychology here to get the best of both worlds for them and to make that dollar just something to pay attention to maybe you the listener find yourself in that category where you're allowing this charge to happen every month and i encourage you to fight at least go to the gym and work out stick it to them or cancel Make a you know, decision. I've been don't, there. Don't let these I, people I do remember it. at a former employer, I had a gym membership, and the shame I would feel to walk down there and be like, yeah, I don't want to really work out anymore, and them to look at me like, well, you should. <laughs> You're taking <laughs> food off of my table, sir. Right, without right. canceling that thing. and But also, the longer you don't go, almost contributes to not wanting to go just because they'll see you and recognize you haven't been going. So right. it's like, yeah, just tell you it's what. It's tough, man. There's just don't a lot sign of psych- up in the first place. You'll avoid a lot of stress in your life. <laughs> There's a lot of psychology built into this. And I, I again, I've witnessed that myself in, in the supplement gym industry. And uh, it's real. <laughs> it, it, they've built an entire industry off of getting you to sign up. And yeah, they know the occasional gym rat's going to take them for all they're worth, but uh, it's that buffet mentality. 
these buffets are in, uh, I'm talking food now. Again, they, they, they hook you in. They know that the occasional person takes them for all they're worth, right? But they know that the majority do not eat the amount that they pay. And so the same, that same concept has now been applied to gyms. So I just ask everybody, watch out. Don't get taken advantage of. And maybe, maybe, I don't know. It happened to me too, Bobby. I, I've been in that situation before. I, I left that thing charge on the card and I didn't do anything about it. Maybe it was shame. Maybe it was laziness. You name it. Well, I had to quit my last job to get out of my gym membership. <laughs> so <laughs> Take that. <laughs> you, you showed them. <laughs> and now the they're still charging out. you. They're just sending you a bill every month. All right. Well, we hope that we've given you something to at least pay attention to as you, the listener, and us, as, as members of the Assuminati podcast here, venture into 2024. And as we make these resolutions and these, these promises to ourselves that are not legally binding to, to improve our lives and improve our health, pay attention to who may be pulling the strings. There's things going on in the background. There is money to be made. So follow the money, follow the money. But make decisions that, that make you feel good and, and progress, right? Is that the that's the theme? Kind of, the theme here, right, gentlemen? Yeah. yeah. Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. Wait a minute. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Scratch <laughs> that. Because if I'm just going to eat cookies and lie down all day, I'm like, okay. Uh, I've never oh. said no to a cookie, by the way. But uh, I don't plan I have. On, There's some bad starting. cookies out there. Ooh, there are some bad ones. There's some if it has ones, raisins in it, I send it back. What? So, um, You're not a raisin guy? Should we fight about this? Were you dropped on, on your head as a child? In public? We're going to fight about this in public, guys? I didn't know that, I guess. You I, are I, psychotic. Nice raisin cookie. <laughs> oatmeal keep raisin your, is the best. Keep your fruit out of my cookies, man. <laughs> oh, really? Keep well, it out. So, Bobby, you're a, you're a raisin guy, right? I'll totally eat a raisin. Guy. Eat it in my cereal, ah. my oatmeal cookies. Oh, so we'll, 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 with raisins. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about in episodes to come and probably in the next episode are diets. So we're going to break down keto, paleo, carnivore, weight watchers, carnivore, vegan. We're going to break down fads that may be Vegetarian. happening today. Vegetarian. We're going to try and hit them all. And again, we're going to try and follow the money, get behind the scenes and maybe... Maybe uncover some of these lobbying efforts that are that are happening. Other than that, we, we'd still like to at least break down some of the effects and some of the successes that we've seen in our research based on the uh, based on the results of these diets. Maybe even talk about some of the ones that we are currently on or trying. Hint, awesome. hint, a little foreshadowing there. But uh, again, uh, thank you for for joining our our healthinati. Is that what we're calling this January? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Healthy. And then, healthy. And then in Feb- February, look forward to some football or some side bets, some, some halftime bets. Again, if you remember last year, we made that fun outside of the realm of football for everybody. And then March. And a halftime show. Who knows what March brings, but uh, March maybe we'll, we'll follow up on some of these resolutions. Well, some I ball. resolve, I resolve, gentlemen to pump out more episodes and I hope you do too so we, we appreciate everybody and I appreciate you guys alright yeah love y'all well thanks for joining everybody we'll catch you next time on the Assuminati podcast
Ciao. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Assuminati Podcast. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Be sure to hit that like button. We recommend subscribing with notifications so you don't miss an episode. And be sure, of course, to share with your friends. We'd also love to interact with you on social media as we post and prepare for our weekly episodes. Until next time on the Assuminati Podcast. But I didn't meet this person, but there is someone. Something afoot at the Circle K. Oh, my. I stopped to get fuel on my way home from work the other day, and I had to pee really bad. So I go in, (laughs) and I walk into the Circle K gas station, and I kid you not, like it's wafting out of the bathroom before I even get in there. But I had to pee so bad, I couldn't turn around. Like, this had to happen, and I walk in there, and I swear to hockey sticks, it took everything in me not to barf all over that entire bathroom as I'm peeing, (laughs) and I had so much to get out. Like, this wasn't just a little quick tinkle, and it stunk so bad, so I might go... It was by far the worst smell I've ever encountered in my entire life. I don't think I'll ever encounter anything worse. Like, the air was so thick, it was like walking through foam. If you lit a match, the whole thing would have blown. (laughs) Can we at least get a courtesy Ace Ventura, do not go in there? I mean, remember that? Do not (laughs) go in there. there. I would have done that on my way out, but I couldn't breathe. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were you were you were fighting for your life, man, fight or flight. But even worse, so, uh, someone was already standing at the urinal, so I had to go in the stall where this atrocity ooh. had happened. You you went to ground zero. I had to. And now the guy had flushed, <laughs> but the air was so bad. Yeah. Oh, let's are do we this. Recording? Yeah, we've been recording for. I got that whole story, oh. man. I'm gonna put it at the end of the. I'm putting okay. that story at the end of the episode. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was just doing that as a freebie. Nope, nope, nope. You gave us what we needed there, so you give the well, people I'm glad what I they didn't want. Hold back. It was bad. <laughs> I don't think Terrible. I can go back to that Circle K. It's and done. it's my favorite Circle K, and it's been ruined for me. It's it's your Chernobyl. Like you can't. That place is done. It, there was a crime committed there. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>